0: Everyone, this is Shannon. Welcome back to UCC's Talking Pictures podcast, episode four. Today, I'm delighted to announce I have a very special guest, and that is Connor MacMahon, who is the director of the If nominated, let the wrong one in. Funnily enough, Connor was the first person I emailed, and I remember sending that email and being like, "Oh yeah, he's not going to reply. He's not going to come on." And then he did reply, and I was like. Okay, oh God, I have to do this properly now. So um, I'm really excited to have Connor here today. So, Connor, hi, how are you? How are you getting on?
1: Grand, good, good. Yeah, yeah, there's always the assumption like I must be really busy or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when you're writing films, it's like you, it's, you've got this terrible habit of, of, of like, oh, a distraction. I don't have to write for an hour. Great, <laughs> you know.
0: That's so funny, you know. I'll just be sending everyone towards you. be like, hey, <laughs> if you want to talk to Connor, he's free all the time, apparently.
1: Ah oh, yeah and he's just looking for people to chat to you know?
0: <laughs> so connor you have been directing and writing movies for years how did you get into the industry in the first place why did you want to be a director
1: i am um, god i think this goes right back to when we had video camera back when i was a kid like you know back in my day people used to get video cameras to record communions and you know like that kind of crack and and family holidays and the but when we got it in our family, like the first thing I remember I filmed was my brother punching my other brother, like fake punching, you know, and and, and I did two different angles and I played it back and it looked like he'd actually hit him. And there was something kind of magical about that, you know, <laughs> you know, you could show my mom, oh, look, have a look at this. Like he hit him and, you know, it looked like he really hit. And it was like, I think from that it was just it was like the possibilities just started to, oh my god like well, you know and then you know we slowly escalated to horror movies where we kill each other or, or action movies or like we did a shakespearean drama like because we were doing it for the leaving search you know and it began with just total experiment and copying films we were watching at the time like we did one that's a mixture of like i did a martial arts western famine film you know oh you just kind of go well, okay what are all the influences or there might be a terminator 2 jackie chan can Mel thing you know and i mean it's only when i watched like kill bill or, or some of those tarantino i was like oh that's he's still doing that like there's this there's also this weird thing that happens when you're doing all that stuff as a kid and it's really exciting and and then you can go into the real world and you sort of go oh i need to make proper films now and and sometimes you lose a lot of that experimentation or just that fun, just that sort of, oh, what can we do? Like, let's, or what are my influences? And just, just copying that. So that was a great period. And I guess it was good to have that because sometimes people start later and they're a bit more, I think, when you're a bit older, you're a bit, you're more afraid to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. something. Like when you're a kid, you think everything you're doing is brilliant. Like you know, like I thought all those films were amazing, and I watch back now and they're terrible. But like you were just learning, you know what I mean? You were just having fun, and so that was yeah. That 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 starts. So so I was all like I was just I put one thing down on my CAO form. Is that what it's called? The CAO. Hey. Form. I only put Dunleary College or, like, film or whatever. I think Bali. Fur- I did the interview with Ballyferman as well, but I was just like, I'm not doing anything else. Like, even if I don't get in, I'm just going to go make films. It's like, that it was definitely, you know, yeah, sometimes you just know, for better or worse, it's like, that's what I'm doing, you know.
0: How did it feel going into an industry which might be a lot riskier than, say, something like teaching or engineering, and also in a country where I feel, you know, it's not always too encouraged to go into the arts industry
1: yeah and i mean the arts industry has changed a lot like like i left school 1998 i'm gonna say i mean going into films was not a thing anybody was particularly doing like um so you see it never weirdly it just never occurred to me like does this weird and it does go against you, you know it's like the classic starving artist like who kind of is sort of you almost take it as a badge of honor that you're not interested yeah. in money, you know, which can be a bad thing because people can take advantage of, you know, and that does happen. I suppose the thing is when you're starting off, you don't really care about that so much anyway, because like, I guess no matter what career you do, to some degree, you're going to struggle for the first while anyway. So that's just like you sort of accept that. It's like an actor, you know you know, they kind of accept they're going to, you know, work in bars or whatever for a while. And, and then hopefully you build enough reputation. And, and and so that's just the way it is, you know. But I kind of, I mean, even beyond that, I was more, I don't know where it came from, but I was always kind of like, life is too short. Like, what are you going to do? Like, I mean, my mom still sends me, you know, she'll still tell me this interview is coming up for the civil service. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, when are you going to learn? Like, that's just not where my head's at. Like, I, I think this part of me just suffers too much when I can't make a film, you know, Mm -hmm. or I can't. It's just too painful not to do it. Do you know what I mean? But I I mean, it's also painful to do it as well. So sometimes you're kind of like, why am I doing this? Because, you know, it's not like you're doing it all the time or it's it's hard to get films off the ground. But yeah, I don't know where that comes from. But like, I think most people who end up doing films and stuff, they, you know, they just have that drive, I suppose, that just somehow keeps pushing you yeah
0: it's actually really nice to hear like someone follow what they want to do instead of like sticking for the safe option so in 2001 you won was a best short at the Sitges festival don't know how to Mm. pronounce it so did that like open doors for you then when you had that kind of recognition and I suppose momentum behind you for that film
1: yeah it it did actually because that was that was my college graduate film and I'd always promised myself going into college that I had to make a horror film as my final graduate because I, I had this fear that, you know, I was watching the films that were coming out of college and they were, you know, I'm, I'm not not bad, but they were very art, arty, yeah. you know, it was like, you know, or, or, or it was very, sometimes I find them even a little cynical, you know, it's like, oh, that's, that's just been made because, you know, that's what the awards sort of like or whatever, like, you know, yeah. and I was like, okay, I, I can't get tempted into that, you know, and so it was like the final film has to be horror. So, so yeah, I just went all out, did a horror film. And, you know, and, and it was like there was some resistance even within the college to do it. Like, you know, like I do remember like, yeah, being told that, you know, I could set the same film with a bunch of window cleaners on the side of a building. And because because really, my story is about an outsider. Oh, so it's like, no. you know, I don't, mine was a monster in the woods. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a little more than an outsider. But, you know, thematically, you know, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, no, no, I just want to do a horror film. And, and, and luckily, like, I had enough, like, I had two or three other guys in my class. And we were, it was almost like together. Like, if you were on your own, maybe you could have been convinced it was like the kind of thing you'd run out of the room and go, oh my God, listen, <laughs> Like, there's no way we're doing that. It's like we were very, I think we kind of um, motivated each other to really stick to our guns, you know, and go like, uh, sometimes when you're younger, you're a bit cocky as well. Like, you're kind of like, you know, I know better than everyone, you know? So there was, was probably a little bit of that, like, I know what I'm doing. But that film did, yeah, it won a couple of awards, actually. So such as I think, Chirino or... Anyway, it was a bunch of things, but what really happened was there was, they screened that film in the film board at the time, you know, they, they watched it in there. And somebody from, I was told this later, somebody from New Zealand film industry was over. And like New Zealand, they'd done Peter Jackson's yeah. sort of early stuff, which is like bad taste and brain dead and all that stuff. And so, so they watched it. They were like, I know I was told someone w- went out of the room because they were getting <laughs> sick or something. But the person was like, look, there is a market for this. There's like, even if you don't sort of like it it like you know because because i think at the time my problem wasn't was we shouldn't be making horror films it should be just we should make all kinds of films it's weird to me that horror has the thing of like we shouldn't be making it. like it's kind of like at the time it was a bit like oh that's like bad or something you know or exploitative or you know so you're kind of fighting that a little bit i mean it's changed now like you know they, they make you know horror films are less seen in that category you know there was a guy brendan McCarthy he's produced a lot of horror films but he was in the board at the time and he was very much supportive of horror movies like he loved horror movies you know so it was kind of from that short it was like let's see what he could do as a feature film you know so yeah
0: and is that what led you into dead meat then or was that a completely different story
1: yeah i mean it's a different film like originally it was going to be a a full-length version of the short and in some ways i I probably should have done that the short was kind of madder you know and it was like, I mean, it was like 12 year olds getting attacked by a cannibal in the woods. Like it was kind of a bit more like hardcore, like, you know, but in the end, like, like I hadn't seen like Dead Meat was a zombie movie and there hadn't been a zombie movie in years. Like, yeah. you know, but basically the same year, like Shaun of the Dead came out yeah. and twenty-eight days later came out. So there was this kind of hit of zombie movies. But like I'd been watching like the Romero stuff and but even like the the sort of the mad like zombie flesh eaters and there was like weird Italian zombie movies and cannibal mm-hmm. movies. And it was like it almost felt like you could just take one of these movies, set it in Ireland and it would be unique. Do you know what I mean? Like to some degree. But then, I mean, a feature is a different kettle of fish to yeah. a short. So it's like you know, I do reflect on that movie and I made a lot of mistakes on that movie and you know, and, and a lot of like sometimes I kind of go, there was a mad naive ambition there as well. Like I've come to kind of be able to watch it like sometimes you you sort of put your own movies, you find them hard to watch because you, you see what the yeah. mistakes and oh, I could have done that differently and you know, so I guess it's a learning curve like, you know, like, like everything. Like it's almost like the feature was back to, okay, now I've got to relearn how to do that longer format and, and sort of figure that out and yeah it was like it was like a whole new sort of kettle of fish yeah i
0: find that kind of crazy because I, um, i i thought it was great i loved it i was like i can't believe this is a debut feature because it was just so well done in terms of camera work and everything i was so impressed
1: ah yeah yeah you know it's again like you, you see your own work but there's a lot of good stuff in it for yeah. sure like and i did put a lot of work into the camera work
0: reminds me a lot of the evil dead camera work even just the you know, the really quick cuts and just the fast moving camera. Like I felt that was, was that an influence on it? Just because I felt like there was very strong. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. There's even, I mean, there was the shot I took directly out of Evil Dead, which was, there's a big, long tracking shot that reveals the cabin. And like, I'd never done that. I mean, the shot goes on for about a minute long, but it's just, there's a shot in the first Evil Dead where the car comes down the, the driveway and even some of that POV camera stuff. It was shots from Elmer Mariachi, like, because I was sort of influenced by that at the time. Again, yeah, it was just what was I watching and absorbing and just oh, trying to do my own version of it. Like Jurassic Park, I remember there was stuff with the car, the, and yeah. the, the cow. It was just like yeah. the T-Rex scene.
0: Honestly, I thought it was such a good idea, though, because I was like, if there's going to be a zombie outbreak in Ireland, it is going to be from cows. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yes. yeah.
0: Did you find there was a big change between shooting a short film and a feature length film? Yeah, yeah
1: Dead Meat was a hundred grand. So yeah, it was very low. relatively low. But I mean, for me, it was like, wow, yeah. you know, I made Brain Eater for like 900 euro or something. So <laughs> so, yeah, to me, it was like great. And I just I, I just used a lot of my college friends. You know, I, I mean, I knew everybody on the crew and, and stuff like on a short you can kind of condense it to whatever works. Do you know what I mean? Like you could write a 10 page script and go, ah, actually it's, could be good as four minutes, but on a a feature, like everything kind of has to work because you gotta hit that whatever, like, you know, 80 minutes or whatever, 90. And so there's the, the script has to be much better. You know, that was one thing I realized. That's my thing about Dead Meat. There's a it's it's a lot of action sequences, but it doesn't have this emotional character thread yeah. that you, you know holds an audience's attention. Like that's hard to do, and that's something you know I'm still get getting better at it each time. It's like how do you hold the audience's attention and interest, and and a lot of that is the emotional journey. You know, so so for me that meets very much like what's happening on the surface mm-hmm. is action, 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 you know? And and I've almost, as the films go on, you, I've kind of switched that more because you just see the films that work or, like, if people don't care about the people, the characters, you, you kind of lose interest after a while. So, you know, that's something I've literally had to learn, you know? The, the other thing is actually just the physical reality that it's longer. Like, like, like okay, short is four or five days. So you can tolerate anybody for that period of time. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you've got a crew and you're leading them like as a director, that's a much bigger challenge to inspire people and to keep them focused and interested and because it's usually like like I remember Dead Meat week okay, week one, everyone's super enthusiastic. We all wanna make a movie. Yay, great. You know? Uh, week two is fine you know <laughs> now week three the cracks are starting to show you've stuffed a load of actors into a house and now they're kind of you know fighting with each other and it's like big brothers and also like we shot in sequence so more actors were coming like by you know there's a bit where there's five actors in a car yeah. and like a car is horrible to shoot in because you're stuffed in there and the camera's stuffed yeah. in there and and you have five actors and they're all asking you different things and I wasn't prepared for sort of I, I'm just lying on the ground. Going, I don't know what to do with these people. Like, anyway, week five, everyone's friends again, you know, and it all yeah. ooh yay. But um, it did after that make me kind of go like weirdly. W- we came out of college and made that film, going like like being sort of scared of actors or kind of being like, how do you talk to actors? Yeah. Or and that's why a lot of time you focus on the camera and stuff because it's not going to like ask you questions <laughs> that you can't answer. But that's also where you have to go as a director it's like uh, you need to be able to do that stuff so I suppose that's what's good about making these films no matter what if whether it's good or bad it opens up a new window. it's like oh now that's what I have to learn like that's so it's constantly challenging you er all the time you know you think like oh yeah I'll just do that that and then uh, you know I figured it out And it's like you've never figured it out you know
0: that's actually really fascinating to hear because I don't think I've ever heard a director mention like I suppose the difficulties of just what they learned for me to move in to find that I was working with the actors. And I can understand because there's so many even extras in that film.
1: Yeah, we had about 80 down one night for like all over the countryside they were coming. Like sometimes we'd go into the pubs in the evening and round them up, you know, it's like, hey, you'd be a good (laughs) zombie. Come on in. Is that
0: a compliment or an insult, I wonder? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they should have film. And it was a good film as well, so I think it's a compliment anyways. I yeah. just want to ask for my own headcanon. What happened to Helena after the movie, do you think? Have you put any thought into that at all?
1: Oh, you know, there's like, I mean, we shot alternative endings for that as well. Really? Um, yeah, there the, the was an ending where the, the where the zombies were like, there was the guards that throw her on the truck at the end one of them pulls a mask off and he's a zombie and it was kind of like oh they've evolved and now they're thinking but it was just too like out of the like you know what I mean it was yeah. like that's that's so crazy but I guess she got rounded up and
0: <laughs> shot oh no <laughs> it's like I thought she's gonna be okay I kind of wish I hadn't asked that name, but you know <laughs> thanks for wow, that you know, and for everyone yeah. else who wants to know who's seen the film and they're like oh <laughs> after and you're like no she's gone she's gone
1: um, yeah That didn't end well.
0: It's really interesting though that you mentioned about the trying to build the emotional connection with the characters because your second feature, if I'm correct, Stitches, I think that did a brilliant job because all of the teenagers were so like fully fleshed out before I suppose the rampage begins.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel the rampage should have started earlier. So how did
0: Stitches come about anyways?
1: It actually started with me kind of going back again. I wanted to sort of do like I was looking back at the Brain Eater, you know, the short I did, and it's like, again, this is sort of, it was the, it was like, you know, when Stranger Things came out, or when there's been a few other films where they were, homages to the 80s, you know, and. That's kind of where I was going with it. I didn't do it as bluntly, or I didn't do it as, you know, okay, this is E.T. but with a clown or something, you know. But that was definitely where I was coming from. You know what I mean? I mean, the film is very eighties. Like, I mean, the music is eighties and the clothes are eighties, and I mean, it's set sort of present day, but the, the influences were all from there. So, so it was. I mean, it was an obvious sort of, yeah. you know, it it was a thing. I, I mean, it was again. It, it was partly. It gave me the idea of the clown. Gave me a lot of ideas about uh, ways to kill people that were fun and inventive you know and that was probably the starting point to be honest so uh-huh. it was like you know a clown but, but a comedy more comedy than it you know and then yeah and then it was just kind of yeah it was fun kind of coming up with those teenagers and the characters like originally they were a bit younger but like yeah, the producers yeah. made say, you know <laughs> they got to be a bit older like yeah definitely before you ram an umbrella through their eyeball you know but yeah, and and working with Ross Noble, because like, cause we'd, we'd originally sent it to Mark Hamill, actually.
0: Oh my God, stop.
1: Yeah, and so Mark Hamill, he came back and he said, mm, it's a bit violent, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we sent it to Ross. And Ross came back and he said, you had me at knife in the face. And I was like, okay, he gets the kind <laughs> of comedy, you know. But yeah. then Mark Hamill came back and he really? was reconsidering, you know. He was like, I've read it again and of, it sort of concerned me that he had thought it was too violent, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And then Ross seemed to just really get it. It was like, wh- uh, like he was into it, like I kind of tell. And you know, and 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 Ross was great. Like we had we were great. Like he was really into horror movies. You know what I mean? Like like he had collectibles of Gremlins, and he had like, <laughs> and he knew it was like really obscure, weird horror. Like, you know? Yeah. So. So, yeah, it was cool. And he'd never done a film before, you know, so for him, it was a new experience. And I think he really enjoyed it. So,
0: you know, I noticed online a lot of people feel quite sorry for his character because he was just carrying out a birthday party and then (laughs) he meets an unfortunate end. Do you did you intend for that to happen for him just to for people to feel a bit sorry for him or?
1: Yeah, you I guess it's like you certainly want to empathize with him, you know, and he, yeah cuz he wasn't a, I guess he's a bit like Freddy Krueger like the way we kind of pitched him is like Freddy Krueger but in part 3 do you know what i mean yeah. when he's kind of he's a little more like you know he's a so, he gets softer each each one you know like i remember like one of my just when we we're talking about the character like I, I remember telling Ross it's he's just like you've woken someone up and they're really grumpy you know mm-hmm. it's like So he's been woken up from the dead, and it's more just like, uh, right. I guess I'll just carry out this thing. I suppose you know he kind of had this sort of that was just his character, his persona. But he was just sort of annoyed at being having to do this. But I guess I'll have to do it. You know. Uh So I remember, yeah, that that was. uh, I kind of enjoyed that. Just it wasn't like he was really passionate about it or anything. (laughs) It's just like, all right, let's go, let's get rid of these teenagers. You know. But yeah, that was very enjoyable, and I worked with these guys, Bowsie, who were, did all the special effects. And yeah. like we did a lot of testing and, you know, it, like that was fun just figuring out how to do that stuff and, and blowing up heads and things. And yeah, it was, it was good.
0: Yeah, um, drawing back to the emotional connection to the characters, how did you manage to write Teenagers? I suppose felt first of all, really realistic, but second of all, that I think everyone could connect to because I, I know I was very sad when they died one by <laughs> one I was like oh, I hope he surprised and he's like no and I was like okay
1: oh, that's good to hear <laughs> there it is funny like I do read online like people when they go oh I watched that movie when I was a kid and it's like oh wow like because <laughs> you never know who's out there watching it you know or how it affected them you know for me like I guess partly you're drawn on your own experience with school and, and that kind of thing and you're trying to give each of them something unique like or or like even when we were casting it was sort of how do you make them distinctively look different so that people can just like latch onto them oh that's that person and you know what I mean because that was hard because you when you have a number of different people it's like yeah. I, and we had to kind of cast kids as well that looked similar to them so that, that that would kind of connect yeah it's a mix of that it's like it's it's sort of like I guess it's given the character as well something understandable. Like, I mean, he's got a fear of clowns for a very understandable reason. And you know he's sort of struggling with that, you know, to overcome that. So I guess it's you know it's a simplistic journey, but it's it's something you can kind of understand. I mean, a lot like I I mean I was always scared of clowns personally, and I remember talking to other people, and they'd say I don't get it, like why are you scared of clowns? Like you know. But then other then I suppose even when the internet started coming around, you can just check those things, and it's like yeah, and it's even a phobia, like it's a real thing. So.
0: I want to ask as well, you mentioned the special effects and I think I have to say them because they are absolutely brilliant. You lean a lot on practical effects over CGI. Was it cool to create the special effects for the film?
1: Yeah, I think at that stage it was like I was just starting to learn, even myself, about CGI, like even how it worked, like, you know, or or how to use it or anything like that. And I'd done a series with the special effects guys but it was a web series called zombie bashers before that oh, yeah. and i'd started experimenting a bit with okay what what's it good for and what's it not good for you know because in that i was kind of trying loads of stuff you know it's like that was almost just a way of express every episode we go okay we tried that last time and that's and you'd go sometimes like in episode five or something it was just all cgi and then start to go like geez that blood looks stupid like or whatever like start see the limitations of it mm-hmm. so it stitches I think it was a mix it was one because again it was harking back to the 80s it's like okay if you want to replicate it then you do have to do it practically but it's like like I remember say, stitches death scene at the end. Yeah. There was a plan to do that with computer graphics and we shot footage of it and, like, we have to know what we're doing, you know? You just draw a load of dots on the face yeah. and Ross is just like, oh, meh. <laughs> like, he didn't know what he was doing. Like, there was no plan for what it was. It was just Ross making a load of faces with dots <laughs> on his head and then hand it to some CG guy, you know, and go, make that, make something. And, you know, he's trying different stuff and but it's just always, it. basically we... We ended up, after about a month, just going, like, we took half a day, had a load of fake heads, like smashed them off graves, blew sort of, you know, yellow goo out of it, and it was way better, you know, because uh-huh. it kind of, like, you could never replicate the way splatter goes, you know, you know, it just bounces off things and things fly in different directions, and it just always feels better, so... Yeah, like, but uh, yeah, so we were, we did try, and then it was like, mm, that's not, that's just doesn't look good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was supposed to be the big CGI yeah. finale, you know? But I think it's back to that thing. It's because the issue there, it wasn't so much the CGI, it was just it hadn't been thought through. And I, I think that's the problem when there's no thought behind it. It's just like, oh, yeah, someone else will fix it. And then yeah. basically, the computer graphic guy is now the director. I did another short with the guys. I was like a little banshee thing. Yeah. But like we did loads of tests on that, you know, like how is it going to look, uh, you know, the, getting the right teeth. and the, So it's, it's really about testing and seeing what works. And I think the problem is when you show up in the day, you don't have a clue what you're doing and you just shoot a load of stuff and then go someone else. That's someone else's problem now. I think that's where it doesn't work.
0: I really want to ask how you did the special effects for Richie's death, because I think that's become quite... I'd say one of the biggest moments of the
1: film. (laughs) So basically we had, I could be wrong, three or four different heads. So basically, you know, we'd film all, whatever, three or four of them, you know, one, you'd have to remove it, take it off. And they were all slightly bigger and slightly more, you know, stretched or whatever. And so, so that's for the initial, like, pump it up. And, and, And... I think with the computers, we might have blended one into the other a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, so so you get that sort of head expansion. Um, and then the final head blow, like that was one where on the night we were supposed to do it practically, you know, and yeah. they had rigged this head that was had sort of, uh, you know, some pre-cut in different places. And they were going to use compressed air. And I remember it was it was going to be like, oh, we're going to blow up the head tonight. And it was just the biggest letdown. Really? It was like, it, it just went, you know. <laughs> and you always know when there's just silence on set. Because, you know, when something's good, usually blow go, yay, or whatever, like, you know. And it was like, okay. And so... In post, we bet. I mean, I'm not joking. We basically redid the heads and got dynamite, and we got this guy whose nickname was Boom Boom. Um, <laughs> and but there was always a bit of like worry around him because I think maybe once he'd used too much dynamite and flown, oh, okay. uh, uh, you know, something up, but like so we were all behind glass screens or whatever, and we got this camera that they use for n- wildlife documentaries, you know, shoots the super yeah. slow motion, you know, and um. Yeah, we were all like, we shot that out in Ardmore, you know, so it was like a big studio with just this, you know, in the middle of the studio, this, this fake head, you know, but he'd, like, he knew how to, you know, he would say, like, you know, the thickness of the head has to be like, whatever, like, maybe it's a half a centimeter or something, you know, uh, enough to hold it, but, you know, because we jammed it full of stuff, and then it was just like, boom you know and it was like that was that was cool yeah
0: it really paid off i think that's one of the most gruesome kills i've ever seen in a horror film <laughs> and i think i think everyone else who've seen it is also traumatized by it it's just it's so creative how did you come up with the idea for the different kills
1: well that's what was so cool about working with those guys like Ben O'Connor and Eva um or the two guys from Bazey they'd almost take my ideas like I, okay it's like like when you find that collaboration it's really good because like like i know i want to blow the guy's head up but i don't know exactly how to physically do that Uh, and ben's a really good artist as well so he might start drawing pictures so i remember he drew that picture of the you know the like you know the, the head and it's like okay how do we do this and you know then he would do some designs and like one time with the like one time he went he with the smaller head yeah which just looked creepy you know just weird like like he went out one night you know (laughs) like drinking with that on and he was just freaking people out like you know but even him on set it's just because actually this part was real you know the mouth you know and it was blended in so it just looked really weird like you know Um, like I remember thinking that would be a great character just the guy going around like it looked so good like with just the guy walking around with a big head like it's so um, canny
0: valley like
1: yeah yeah it had that feeling like you know with the eyes like because you couldn't really tell where his head real head was but I mean he was so like the guy couldn't see anything you know (laughs) I know there's a video somewhere of just trying to put him into position and just this you know guy walking around can't see with this giant head like
0: how did um, Sarah's death with the umbrella, how did that, where did that come from?
1: Again, it was like, we, with the deaths, it was like, I always knew the deaths needed a couple of beats, you know, because you almost want to think it's over and then you get another, another, another. Like, honestly, that was sort of my special power. It was sort of like thinking of of random objects and how they, like, maybe I'd just been doing it so much as a kid of just looking around the house and just going, what can we use? And, and again, just keep pushing it. Like, there's always got to be an eye gag because you know people... Yeah react is like uh i just i just know that was the impulse to always just push it further than you think you know yeah and then the idea that i would fall back into her mouth it's just like you know okay that's yeah like i, I you know i haven't topped those debts i don't think you know i mean they were so like we really put a lot of effort in you know what i mean it was like we really tried to, to to really push us and we storyboarded them all and it was like we did tests for them all like so you know we really we d- did really put a lot of effort into trying to make them work
0: I was going to mention that, about Stitches how it's actually gained a cult following would you know of the YouTube channel I think it's Kill Count by Dead Meat yeah,
1: yeah. I did someone sent that to me like yeah yeah because like that's the funny thing that hits and, and he gets so many like I don't know, like it gets a lot of hits, like you know. So I did watch that. It kind of like was nice to just. It's kind of funny because you do forget about your films after years. It's funny that somebody else kind of resurrects it, I suppose. Uh, and and then yeah, and I was reading the comments and and just people going, oh yeah, watch that movie because it's like it's not like you really ever meet those people that have watched your films really, like you know they're out there somewhere. So sometimes it's just oh they you know they all come together on those little comment things yeah. and it's like oh yeah there are people out there because you just don't know you know
0: yeah like um i think it was one of the few films actually on that channel that there's this thing i think it's called the dull machete kill which is like given for the lamest kill but they didn't give any to stitches because they're like no this is too good we actually can't do it like that's actually insane (laughs) (laughs) they've had over a million views just discussing the film there's one I saw that was just last month over half a million views on how to survive. I did not watch that. I don't know how to survive. Speaking about how would you survive, do you know what you would do yourself in a zombie apocalypse or if you had to face Ditch as a Clown? How would you get out of those ones?
1: (laughs) God, yeah, it's a good one. Well, you know, I've always got, I've got the Hurley stick, you know, and it's in that, and it's in that drawer behind me there, you know, like I know where it is in the house, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, Harley Stick comes in pretty useful it, it, in all anything that's attacking you, you know? So, yeah, I think that's where I'd go for certain certainly, you know?
0: Oh, that's good to hear. I feel like you're the expert on horror. I feel like if it came to a zombie apocalypse, you'd probably be the first person to go to for like survival.
1: Yeah. If, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, well, I guess, you know. I mean, what's weird is, like, in real life, I, like, I can't stand the sight of blood, you know? Like, it's, it's, like, if, if I get a little cut of my finger, you know, I'll be, like, whinging, you know? So it's, like, there is this weird thing, anything to do with that. It's, like, bleh. It's, like, weird people are always surprised, you know? It doesn't really make sense. But it's, like, I mean, to me, films are just totally fake. You know what I mean? It's all silly. So, but, yeah, real life is, like, a totally different story. So it, it's quite possible I'd be just, like, locked in my room, you know, <laughs> pretty terrified.
0: Okay, that's good to know, just in case we're yeah, in a situation. Yeah, don't,
1: don't come next, don't come Just one <laughs> yeah,
0: kind of guys, just to yeah. know. On to your next film, From the Dark. Um, was, that film is based around lighting a lot, considering the monster in the film Yeah, He's not a big fan of light. Was there challenges shooting that in terms of lighting?
1: Yeah, like we'd originally planned, like the original plan for that film was only use the light sources Mm -hmm. to light the film you know now this was a conversation we'd like sometimes you have these conversations you kind of go okay but if we're in a bog in the middle of the countryside and you only have a torch you might as well not be in a bog you could film it in your back garden because you're not going to see the bog you know
0: yeah
1: so it's like and then it's like okay maybe we should light it how do we light it so it doesn't look like there's lights so then the people will say oh well there's a light there why is he out you know how will yeah. they read it as moonlight or you know so so it was this kind of bit of a head melt for a while of that idea because because originally that was a film I was going to do me and my friend Michael Lavelle he was the DOP we we're we we're just going to do it ourselves because it was an idea you could do because it's just like we'll just use car lights the house lights the torch we won't use any lights and we'll just find a, a house in the countryside I mean, it was one of these weird things. I mean, this is a separate I, thing about films, but there's this weird thing when you have an idea for a film that things start appearing to help the film get made. It's just really weird, but it always happens. So it's like, so like we're doing a film set in a bog and we need an abandoned farmhouse. And, you know, two days later, there's a guy in Michael's house and we're talking about this. He goes, oh, I own a bog.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and then he's like, "Would you want to see it? Okay, who owns a bog. And
0: that's insane. And then
1: yeah, and he goes down and then it's like, oh, and there's an abandoned farmhouse over there. Do you want to have a look at that? Yeah, you know, perfect. It's this weird, like, this is what I think it is. And it's actually the most important thing I think making films is once you believe you're gonna make the film, like once you've set it's it's and you know when you've done it, like you know when there's a big difference between talking about making a film and committing to making the film. You know, like committing actually means like I'm going to make it if no one gives me the money and I'm going to start acting like I'm going to make it. Like I'm going to start casting. I'm going to start looking at actors. I'm going to start, like you just start. Like, so that's what we did with that film. We just started. And the minute we started, the things start hearing. you know? Like, it's, like you could get really hippy dippy yeah, about yeah. this. Like, I, like um, I'm not saying I don't, but I can, I can absolutely say with every film I've done, it's like, and they're the only films that get made. It's like you have to mentally, like, it's like it's being made, you know. However, you reach the point, and you sometimes you have to trick yourself into that mindset. But that's sort of where you have to get to. Yeah, the lighting was fun on that. Like we were experiment. Like the thing we were experiment on that film was long takes. Like we were, we really wanted to experiment with sort of blocking around longer takes and just seeing how. Again, I was just like at the time. It was like you know the last film had been a bit cutty or whatever and it's like yeah. oh, I want to see it It just I suppose it felt like it suited the film as well like
0: I wanted to ask as well about Neve Algar because that was actually one of her first roles and what's it been like seeing her, her blow up since then since she's she's doing so well lately
1: yeah that was impressive like because like I remember Neve like she was in Bow Street at the time and I was I'd be in there working with actors and like there was one day like, she was on reception. She wasn't even on the course, you know. But I, I guess she must have had an interest in acting. And, like, the, I was doing some scene improvisation, and, and there was somebody didn't show up. And so I just got her from behind reception. I just needed another person. And I was like, oh, she's really good. Like, you know, just instantly, just whatever, right? instincts. And, and then when I came from the dark, I was like, I really wanted to get her to audition. And for some reason, I don't know if she was, she couldn't make it or whatever, but I was just like, in the back of my head, I was like, even though I'd seen lots of people, I was like, I need, I can't, I won't cast this until I see her, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I remembered she did an audition and it was just like, wow, that was like so good. Like I could, I could have put it in the film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's insane. Like
1: it was just like really good. And then, and then even when we started filming, you kind of almost know immediately, like when somebody is just really committed, do you know? Because it was quite a tough, physically, that was a tough role, you know, just in terms of running around. And, like, it was it was messy and running around and then the bogs were, like, you know, but, like, I th- it was, like, one of the early scenes and she had to run through a muddy bog or something, you know, and I was there going, like, you know, making sure it's safe. And she's just, like, roll the camera, like, and she just
0: poof,
1: runs through. And it was just, like like she was okay 110 percent here you know like full on so like it didn't surprise me you know that she she was just very determined and and she could just do that thing like she could just uh, she could get to the emotion very quickly you know and so yeah no it's been cool like yeah yeah to see really like I mean not she's almost not stopped working you know
0: no she hasn't and is there any like specific memory that would stick out to you from shooting from the dark?
1: Memories from From the Dark. Do you remember that scene where we were trying to get the spider to crawl down her face? It was like, because I'd written, I'd written the spider crawl along her arm or something, I, but she'd misread it. And she was like, oh, it's the day, the day, the spider crawls on my face. And I think I could just tell by the way she'd said it that, that she might be willing to do it. So I was just like, yeah 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 <laughs> you know that's so funny. Um, but, but again, like, you know that's not something that everybody would do, you know, spider, but I think of that still more, I think about us cleaning up that house, like we had to clean that house up, we spent about two or three days, like you know, make it up it doesn't even look livable, but it's like it was just such a wreck, like you know, so. I mean, as a director you wouldn't normally be doing that, but it's like on oh, those low budget films, it's yeah. sort of like everybody in. But I I do remember as well there was there was something really nice about like a lot of the locals came in to help, you know, if you wanted okay. a, a light on the bog. Like we, we we had a gaffer down for just a couple of days and it was fun to see the the kind of not clash, but like the locals would be real positive. Like, what do you need done? We'll get it done. Like that's the attitude, you know whereas some of the jaded older gaffers would be like Ugh, you know you can't do that you know so they'd be like you know uh, you can't get a light up into the field and then the guy would be like give jimmy a ring there he's got his you know six wheel tractor and you know 10 minutes later he's dragging the light up the field like you know and awesome. or or there was a bit where the lights had gone and 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 the gaffer was like you know we can't the lights are out in the house and and he was like, "Give me a second. And he, and he took a little penny out and he jammed the penny into the fuse box and whatever it conducted all the lights came back on you know but I, I just I love that attitude of just because they're not people in the film business and yeah. it's just like it's just a how do we how do we solve the problem attitude you know and it's like great when you find those kind of people um, whereas you know th- there can be a lot of sort of Film can, you know, when people have been around for so long, there can be an attitude of just, you you, you know, they don't want to go the extra mile to get the thing done. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, it can be easy to just give up, you know. And it's like, yeah. So so that was was refreshing.
0: That's really nice to hear. It's like such a nice community effort.
1: Yeah, it was actually, yeah.
0: Um, So I suppose I'll move on to your most recent film, which came out in cinema in January. And that is Let the Wrong One In. How's the idea for that form? Um,
1: I think it formed from a couple of things. One, I like I'm from Dublin and I've been making films outside Dublin for most (laughs) of my life. And I was like, I just wanted to make a film in Dublin, you know, like like with Dublin accents. And because like even when I did Stitches, you know, like I. I had to cast people with quite neutral accents that yeah. was a sort of a, a sort of a funding decision mm-hmm. not well kind of a producer decision a marketing decision you know like you know yeah. th- like the accents are hard to travel like I like I always knew this film would be a harder sell just because the accents are harder to understand abroad you know but yeah in this one yeah it was it was like I want to make a film in Dublin the idea of a of a vampire A Dublin vampire made me laugh because I thought it would just, it just kind of brings its own humour to it. And then also Bram Stoker was from Dublin and wrote Dracula. And it felt like, you know, there should be a vampire film from Dublin. So I think it was sort of a mix of all those things, sort of felt like there was an idea there, you know.
0: Now you were working on that film for quite a long time. Was it seven years since you started writing the script? because I saw a post from Owen Duffy and he was like, yeah, we've been with this film for like six years now.
1: God, it's like, it is madhead. And and it felt like it happened like quickly enough, but you know, maybe it didn't. Yeah. Because I, I know when Carl, when I, because basically again, back to that idea of, of belief and thing like very early on, like when I wrote the first draft, I started casting the thing, you know? So, because and then I shot a promo like so I shot the first four minutes of the film like the bit where the guy knocks on the door and comes in and he vomits on him or whatever like so I there's a version of that you know um actually one or two shots from it are in the film like when he's walking around the neighborhood so I cast Carl like the brother when he was like 15 or something and then by the time we came to shoot the film he was like I don't know 18 or 19 or whatever like so um so but they were always with me through the process and I was always keeping them updated and and sometimes we'd check in and improvise together and I'd put that in the script and so by the time we came to the film they were really part of the process like it made that sort of you know directing act like that 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 was very easy like we'd just been around each other so long you know and even for them They really kind of clicked, you know what I mean? They got on well. So that was just, you know, it's just so nice when that happens. It's just so much easier. It makes the process so much easier, you know.
0: And was it awkward at all coming back every once in a while? And obviously, Carl would be a bit older. Would you be a bit worried about that?
1: (laughs) I was a constant source of worry. Yeah, because he was, like I said before, he was like hitting the gym, you know, because he was this little weedy kid when, (laughs) when I first saw him which was perfect. Do you know what I mean? He was sort of innocent and weedy. And it was like, God, the longer this goes on, the more he's, and you don't know how a kid is going to, like, is he going to suddenly shoot up or, you know, and he was there getting muscly and he was, (laughs) (laughs) and then he was like, even telling us, because he got braces and then we were worried about, like, you know, would have been able to, like, okay, the Dublin accent was bad enough. And it's like, but that was all fine. But yeah, it was something, you know, I mean, the pandemic and the, you know, there was this thing of delaying, like always seemed to create more issues as it went along like at some point you just go wouldn't it be better to just shoot this you know
0: yeah I want to ask how did the pandemic affect shooting in with regards to COVID restrictions I sp-
1: it did have financial implications for sure because we'd actually start I think we were shut down the day before we were mm-hmm. due to shoot right but you've already you've still spent money like you probably like a lot of people have a two-week lead-in on a film you know so like, you know, costume have started, everybody started like, you know, and so we had to stop. And then it's almost like even if you start up again, you kind of need those two weeks again. You can't just sort of start yeah. cold, you know. So so that had sort of cost implications. Um we were then delayed for six months. So that was I mean, to be honest, that was good. Like it was good in the sense that we had time to like, cause basically we had the house, we had all the actors, we had, like I said, we were all ready. So, so you could really go, okay. Okay, well, let's just try and improve it. Yeah. Like we know in terms of blocking and everything we know, cause sometimes you just don't know what the locations are, you know? Whereas because we had the locations, we could do it really specifically, you know? Um, so that was very useful. Um, and then, and honestly, like COVID, it, it's like, because everyone knew it was gonna be a challenge, Everyone was like way more prepared, and there was this sort of. It reminded. It actually reminded me of back when we used to shoot on film. You know, mm-hmm. there was a reverence when you shot on film. Like you know, like you know, everyone's really careful. You had to think about your shots because you knew it was expensive, or whatever you know. But but when you when when you've more thought put into something, it just it works better, you know, because you've thought about it. And so like everyone was super prepared, you know, and also there wasn't just the usual chatting messing that goes on in a film set. So honestly, like everyone was more focused. You just, it didn't have the social aspect, you know, where, or you didn't, like some people didn't see their faces until the (laughs) the end of the shoot, like, you know, so like, whereas Dead Meat was like, you know, you know, I've made friends for life with those people. Do you know what I mean? Like we were, like it was a real, uh, you know, I'd still hang out with some of those guys that I met back then. Whereas definitely this was a bit more functional, you know, because there was no... You couldn't... Everything was closed. You couldn't hang out with people or whatever. So, yeah, I kind of missed that aspect of it because it is a fun aspect of, like, filmmaking is like, the people you meet along the way, you yeah.
0: know. So just be taking off their masks in the film, you're like, hmm, I didn't think that you looked like that.
1: <laughs> it, it totally happened. Like, I literally did not recognise people, yeah.
0: Drawing back to casting, what was it like getting Anthony Head to be uh, one of the supporting characters? Because, obviously... I'm a big Buffy fan anyway so seeing him was just amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean he that was just a name that came up, you know. There's always it's like that thing with Mark yeah. Hamill and Ross like you, people have these lists, you know, and you just but like to be honest the minute his name came on the list it was like okay it has to be like it it just made sense yeah. tonally with the film, just the connection with vampires and so when he was interested it was like okay cool. And yeah, I just had to have one conversation with him where he was just, you know, it's, it's always a bit of tension around that. It's like, yeah. Connor, your phone calls at three o'clock with Anthony, <laughs> you know, and he, and you, you know, if he's going to say yes or no after the phone call, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, yeah, I think he asked me, like, why do you want me for this role? You know, and then, yeah, we chatted. But like, yeah. And then it was like, do you mention Buffy or not? Yeah. or. Like, but he, I mean, uh, I honestly, Big Buff, like, he would happily talk about that. Like, you know, it's definitely something he's very proud of. Would
0: so, you be a Big Buffy fan
1: yourself? Me, yeah. I, I mean, I got into it late, weirdly, like, because uh-huh. I think my sister used to watch it, and for some reason, I just thought if she's watching it, it must be rubbish. <laughs> um, and then I was just—I remember one evening, it was just on, and I was watching it, and I think it's the episode where—is it her mother dies or yeah, whatever? Yeah. And I was watching it going like, like it really hit me. And I was like, I did not expect that from like a show. You know what I mean? Like I thought it was going to be silly. Like, you know. And then after that, I was just like, oh my God, this show's amazing. Like, um, yeah. And then I watched it all. Like I had housemates after that who were big Buffy fans. And then we just watched that whole thing and then we start watching angel you know <laughs> to, yeah. so really...
0: the dynamic between the two brothers is very interesting because i feel like carl is quite or his character matt is quite a sympathetic character because obviously he's shouldering a lot of the blame for his brother's behavior even though it's not his fault technically though he doesn't seem to realize mm-hmm. that how did that dynamic come into place
1: well that was very much based on my own dynamics with people over the years so like that film was based on dealing with very selfish narcissistic people you know and so i had a few people in my life that, that i was drawing from you know and and that was like yeah that you know it's just like being too nice like being thinking you're helping somebody but you're kind of enabling them mm-hmm. um complaining about somebody but not doing anything about it you know like these were the kind of things I was exploring with that dynamic you know because the vampire I always felt the vampire was a vampire like he's like it's not really his fault so it's like like a psychopath for just to take example like like you could say it's not their fault like you know but it, it doesn't mean you should hang around with them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Um, so it was like, how do you navigate that? Especially if it's someone in your family, mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting to me. It's like, cause actually originally they were friends. They weren't brothers in the original, but it was, it became more interesting when, yeah. when we kind of set them up as brothers. Uh, it was, it was more difficult for him to deal with it. Cause, cause otherwise you could kick him out and shut the door. But it's like, okay he's got this history and this um, but but it was also about Matt realising that it was his own fault not just that it was his own fault but then but okay it's my own fault but also I have the power to stop this at any moment you know like mm-hmm. it's like I was trying to get that realisation across because I mean that actually happened to me like you know it was mm-hmm. like I had this friend who was just annoying and it was like I I suddenly realized in a moment that I didn't have to answer the phone when they rang, and it was so freeing. Like it's like you can be trapped and not realize it, and, and think you can't do anything about it. And so, yeah, that that I was always trying to put that in the film, you know.
0: Yeah, like I think de- definitely watching Deck on the film, he is kind of a very selfish character but the thing is he's made so likeable by owen duffy even though i feel like on paper he'd be a very unlikable character like it's just it's brilliant casting there
1: yeah yeah no it was definitely a note i got early on so like people were saying like you know because some people would read the script and say this guy's horrible no one (laughs) will ever like him and but i kind of knew the old charm of the dublin accent yeah would win them over, but yeah, like uh, like you said, casting was important there. Like mm. without without he, without the way he played that, you know, yeah, it, it wouldn't have worked.
0: Is once again kind of drawn back to from the deck. Is there any like particular memory or day of shooting that stands out to you from Let the wrong one? In?
1: but I always try and think because of the COVID thing, it's it's like you know it was it's it's definitely not the usual usually you'd have loads of stories like you know oh i remember that day this less so god i'm trying to think now i mean the 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 the, i mean i i do remember just that day of spraying the vomit blood thing because that was sort of you know it was it was sort of the the you don't have many takes to get that right um i'd also done it in the promo so i was like if i've done this in the promo for no money and now i've got a production we can't even do this i'll be very annoyed uh-huh. uh we did it twice, twice. like Good. you could have pushed a third but that was about it because the costumes the yeah. wall is getting wrecked the uh, like the guys who did the blood as well they gave owen a, like a little rig so he had a button uh-huh. that would pr- trigger the vomit you know so that helped the timing you know he could actually rather than someone off camera trying to get the timing right he could do it himself so that, I think that helped, you know, achieve it, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that that that's that I remember because there was kind of a build up to that and it, and it worked well. So we were all very, you know, <laughs> they have a lift, like, yeah, okay, got over that. And it was more blood than the promo. You know oh, what I mean? It was cool. like, it was like, shh, cover the walls. It was like, great, you
0: know. <laughs> Recently even nominated for two IFDAS. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, like, it's funny because, like, on one hand, it's like, okay, you don't, you know, say, oh, awards, you know, you could say they're meaningless or whatever. But it's nice to see, because, like, horror or comedy never normally gets recognized yeah. in awards. And so, in a way, you don't really even expect it, you know. It's- and so, it's nice to kind of go, oh, okay, yeah. like, you know, that's... that's um yeah, like I guess it's just, I mean, sure, my mum's proud now, you know what I mean? It's like... She wasn't uh,
0: before, but she is now.
1: Yeah, like suddenly she's interested, like, you know, uh, you know, but it's definitely meaningful. And it's its sort of, what's the word? It's a good thing to just sort of, I guess, to put on the CV as it were, you know what I mean? And that kind of thing. So so there's definitely positive, there's a lot of positive, positive things about that you know what I mean uh but I guess I guess ultimately for me it's 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 sort of in some ways it tells me that the film I don't want to say like trying to say this in the right way it's like that the drama of the film probably worked and Mm -hmm. that it wasn't just a splatter fest do you know what I mean
0: yeah
1: yeah um that's kind of what it sort of tells me I guess on some level you know but then it's also like I mean part of it is as well as like I don't know who votes exactly for the IFTA so there's something nice that people you don't know kind of voted for something that you did you know what I mean like there's an element there yeah so all good all good you know
0: (laughs) are you looking forward to the ceremony is there anyone specifically want to see up close or at a distance that you'll be in the same room as (laughs)
1: Jeez, Colin Farrell will be there now, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do think he's a great actor, like yeah. you know. And I, I love. I watched a series, The Northwaters, this this yeah. year. It was was so good. Like I thought he was brilliant in that. But I mean, to be honest, it, I'd say it'll be more just fun to just like it's like when you make a film. It's nice that when every does an excuse to get the gang back together. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? So like, whatever about all that, it it'll be nice just for whatever the group of us who made the film to just you know again sometimes it's a not like a closure but it's a nice sort of ending you know what I mean yeah. it's a nice ending to the journey I guess uh-huh. you know like I mean you get that a few times with like like we went to a film festival in Brussels and it was a you know it was a good nice screening and we and, and a few of us were there but uh yeah th- again it's just it's that's the sort of the it's the icing on the cake after you've gone through all that it's like like you've gone through some kind of war with people yeah. and it's like it's nice to just meet up again and sort of reminisce you know about it like you know every so often so yeah now I'm looking forward to that that'll be fun
0: you know yeah especially all of those years like it's like all coming together now yeah speaking of the future is there any more projects you have planned that you can maybe say something about
1: yeah there's a. I mean there's a couple I mean I'm trying to just work work on more things and I guess TV is the big thing now to try and get into Mm -hmm. you know it it, it, like it's almost feels like you've been working on something so long and then suddenly people are going uh TV is where it's at now you know you know someone described recently they said like TV is a stream and film is a puddle (laughs) and it's like you really want to be stuck in a puddle (laughs) and it's like I don't know how accurate that is but it's like this sense that you have to adapt you know or you have to evolve with the times and there seems to be just a lot of opportunities there so Mm -hmm. it's like and and also in genre stuff so it's not like tv the way it used to be you know so especially in the states you know there's a lot of um genre tv or horror tv even so it's about just trying to navigate that i think that's that's sort of where I'm at. Like, but at the same time, it's it's developing different things. There's a few slashers in there, you know. Like, I'd, I I want to do another slasher. Like, uh-huh. you know, I don't know. so I have two of those sort of going, and then I mean, they're all in script stages or being developed, and then and there's always a low budget one that can be made for nothing. Yeah. If if there's always got to be one of those in the back pocket, you know, there's one about a witch that I wanted to do for years so yeah yeah it's a couple of things so again what will be the next one I don't know but uh, yeah hopefully sooner rather than later that's Mm -hmm. the that's the main thing
0: I'm really looking forward to it anyways I like I've just enjoyed all of your films so I I just had a great time super glad that you're here and I suppose just for a few questions for closing off that are not related to your films just a couple of fun ones who would you say is your biggest influence in terms of your directing do you think
1: Um, I would like, I mean, you probably wouldn't know what to look at my films, but I would say definitely Steven Spielberg has been the biggest influence just in terms of like, it's like, I'm, it's like gives you something to aim for, even if you like fall short, (laughs) it's like, like I see how good his camera work is and you try to emulate it and it's like, and then you realize how difficult it is to do or just they were definitely the films that just inspired me the most or mm. like, like I'll always go back to Indiana Jones or like those, uh, um, or Jewel, even his first film, just the, yeah. the, the, again, it's just the camera work and the, you know, like, so Sp- Spielberg and then Sam Raimi, you know, yeah, I think would be the, like Sam Raimi and Peter Jackson on the horror end uh-huh. things. And then, um, but yeah, Spielberg, I think, I think, you know, ever since I was a kid, like, so, yeah.
0: Speaking of uh, Sam Raimi, are you looking forward to the new Evil Dead, directed
1: by Lee Cronin? Uh, yeah, like, that's amazing. Like, yeah. there's a, you know, have to be slightly jealous there as well, <laughs> you know. But, um, but yeah, like, that's an amazing, amazing achievement. And yeah, I think it's out, like, what date is it? It's out in a couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it looks, I mean, the trailer looked really good. And I, I, they premiere there at South by Southwest. And oh, yeah. I know the first lo- lot of reviews were all very positive, so... Yeah, like that's cool. Yeah, no, I know I went to college with Lee, like he was oh, really? the year below me. Um yeah, so he went to Dundee as well. So um yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I mean it's it's great. I mean it just it kind of again, it just shows you like you kind of think someone from Ireland. Yeah. Like like you almost think that would be impossible to sort of get there, you know. But you know, that's yeah.
0: And for one final question, what do you think has been your favourite horror in recent years that you've seen?
1: Oh, gosh. Like, there are those classics that have come out, like It Follows and, yeah. you know, I mean, The Witch, It Follows, Babadook, Midsommar, Hereditary, you know, they're like, yeah. you know, there's one, like, you know, there's one, there was one that I saw that, I don't know if you heard of it. It's called Caliber, but it's it's. I don't know if you. It would be probably a thriller horror, I guess, but it's definitely one of those ones that it has one of those shock moments where you're just really? like, oh my god, like it just turns your stomach. Like it's, it's it, and it's more a thriller, but it's like that. that's stuck in my head. You know where you just kind of going like, oh my god, I'd hate to be that character, <laughs> like what they're going through, like you know. But and it's a it's a low budget. I think it's a Scottish film, but uh, yeah. I think that definitely sticks out.
0: Yeah, it's been a really good few years for her. I remember last year in particular was great. Like There was like Smile, Barbarian.
1: Terrifier 2. Terrifier 2. <laughs>
0: okay. I, I was like, I thought Stitches was scary. Terrifier 2 is just... I don't even think that's like... I think that's probably going to be probably legal in some countries. or They're going to yeah. to cut down a lot of it.
1: Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Barbarian, I really enjoyed. And what was the other one barbarian um smile, I, I, smile. Yeah. yeah yeah they're both really good yeah
0: yeah just and even have you seen x I, i'm really looking
1: for yeah them. yeah was, it's was pearl as well yeah. which i preferred pearl actually yeah um, yeah yeah no it's very good and i think they're making an, another one as well Yeah, they yeah.
0: Are. It, it's great to see it now i feel as well as you mentioned earlier that like horror doesn't really tend to be recognized for i suppose awards i think well i'm not 100 percent sure if that's changing now but it does seem to be moving in a better direction where people recognize okay horror is good it doesn't need to be prestige drama to get recognized
1: yeah because for some people would say like that um oh i don't I can't remember the actress's name in pearl but that she would deserve a nomination but yeah. just because she's in a horror that she wouldn't like you know yeah. and yeah it's definitely true like it does get looked down on for sure
0: that's great to hear anyways um I'm just really looking forward to seeing what you do in the future now because it's just been just such a brilliant string of films like I mean I loved Let the Wrong One In and I was like raving about it to everyone so it's just brilliant cool. to have you here now and um, I also want to thank you so much for coming on I'll wrap it up now because I do this thing where I'm like I'll interview you for an hour max and then it's like two hours later and they're like Shan and I like have a life outside of this and I'm like I'm so sorry but um really thank you for coming on and I'm just uh, looking forward to so much what you do in the future and I feel like you're definitely one of the I suppose pinnacles of Irish heart at the moment so kind of to have you in studio online is amazing and um, yeah best of luck best of luck at the iftas do you have any parting words you might want to share with anyone any advice or wisdom last minute
1: god well the advice is always the same I think and it's like you just have to do it like you know it's the killer is procrastination you know it's just like you know and it's also just make mistakes it's just kind of having that 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 sort of people get take it too seriously you know it's just like you know get your phone make something just like it's like yeah I think that's the trick it's just make stuff make stuff don't talk about it That's got to be it. And I think it'll always be the advice unless AI just starts making movies and then we're all screwed.
0: (laughs) You'll be out of a job then. You'll be called back to civil service. Your mom will be like, "Yeah, yeah, Yeah, we have this here now.
1: Yeah, um, exactly.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely wonderful having you. It was wonderful having the first person I contacted who I totally expected to be like, no, I'm not doing (laughs) this. So yeah, UCC just really appreciates you taking time to talk to us. And yeah, just anything that's coming up we'll all be right there to see it so thank you so much totally
1: cool no problem good talking to you
0: so yeah guys that's everything we hope you guys enjoy this episode once again and that you'll tune in for another one so thanks for everything guys bye